What's good, fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Just me and my lady with our babies. All this love between us is amazing. There's amazing. There's amazing. There's amazing. What's good, fam? Welcome to the Table for Seven podcast. Ow. After all of that consternation, right? That is the actual name. <laughs> what we've been named all along. I was just fighting it. Oh, why are we just fighting it though? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I was trying to, I don't know. You just don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I thought we had some other clever names that we were did. working a bit better, but I um, guess they didn't work out for a reason. So Table for Seven is the brand. That is the tagline. That's who we are. So that's what we are. That's yeah, who we are. It is. So Table for Seven podcast, episode two, season one. Let's go. Ow. Uh, how you doing? I'm great. We haven't, haven't really you. talked today, yeah. <laughs> and you've been gone. Yeah, I had to. I just got back from a, a business trip this morning. I left Monday morning and returned Wednesday morning and got right to work after work. I took a nap because I hadn't been sleeping while I was gone. Yeah, bro. What's up with that? I slept one night. I slept Monday night. So Monday morning, I left Dallas at 5. So I had to get up around 3 30 or 4 I flew at 6 so mm-hmm. I had to leave the house like 4.30 to get to the airport and then I did sleep Monday night after I got damn work the full day let me back up <laughs> I flew in from Dallas to Washington to Dulles from Dallas, I drove to the, the Northern Virginia office so I worked I flew in landed in the morning drove to work after I worked there I drove 3 hours down to Newport News. So it was just a long day. And then um Yeah. Like I said, I did sleep Monday night and then Tuesday morning started early. And then Wednesday morning me flying out. My flight left at five o'clock in the morning. So I was up at three thirty going to the airport and got here at like eleven AM and then had to do my work day. So yeah. You is tired. What's up? What's up? How you living? Hey boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I is tired too. We have a house full of sick and coughing children, people. Can y'all medicate your kids? Ask, I mean, or don't send them to school or make them wash their hands or something so they can stop getting my kids sick. Yeah, a- anything that comes in this house stays in this house for a good six weeks. And I can't, yeah. nor do I want to. They're never all sick in parallel. It's like once it tapers off, it passes to the next one. Yeah, dominoes. So, anywho, Keisha with all these kids, you know, <laughs> every kid has it for a week, then. That's five weeks right there. So. Basically. I don't, I don't get sick that often. And it's bionic by the time it gets to me. Like, I get the strain from the pits of the gates of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get sick. I just get injured. And I don't know if it has to do with me being 40 or just acknowledging, now that, acknowledging it now that I'm 40. Mm. 
But last week when I got off the treadmill, throughout the day, my body, different parts of my body started breaking down. So it wasn't all at once. My back seized up while I was on the treadmill. I tried to run through it. Took a shower, almost pulled something, trying to take my clothes off Shout to get in the shower. I was going to have to call Keisha. Mm-mm-mm. We got through it, though. And then just throughout the day, like my neck, I couldn't your turn. Your back, your neck, and your. This is what I live with. Okay. <laughs> right, and anyhow, let's get to it. I, I'm, I'm old. My body's breaking down. Uh, what are we talking about today? Okay. So we have Wait been discussing. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. I don't know how many listeners there have been, but the ones that have listened, we got pretty positive feedback. So I appreciate everybody um, suffering through it. I mean, it was our first one. It was you a know, little slow. A little slow. Mm-hmm. And not that this one is going to be any quicker. polished, <laughs> uh, completely polished. We're not where we're going to be. Right. But appreciate you guys listening to the first one. We appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. We love it. And hence, episode two being released this right. is actually the fourth one we're recording no this is the third one right the first one the was just one. a test to yeah travel on. so we released one one got scrapped and uh here we are so thank you thank you thank you okay so in gathering ideas and things for the podcast there was a running theme throughout some of the ideas and it was some of the important conversations that us as I don't know, not even spouses, but men and women should have with one ele- with one another if we plan on having a relationship. And a lot of times we don't have those conversations. So I thought a series on those important conversations would be a nice thing to have. Hmm. Right? Okay, cool. So what's the what are we talking about? Are we talking about just the approach in general or we got something specific today? Um, today we are going to be talking about identifying our expectations and also managing those expectations. So, you know, like, Mm. yeah, this is what I thought. This is, uh, what is the expectation versus reality? Yes. Okay. Expectation versus reality. Right. So, um, that, yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it. I mean, that's going to get a little, that's, I can see this one might get a bit in a bit intense. It might. I mean, uh, but I feel like we have touched on a lot of the um, ideas that we want to talk about today a little bit. Um, we've touched on some of these ideas a little bit. So, I mean, I don't think it should be too bad, but we'll see. I mean, hard conversations are hard conversations and they need to be had, period. So I'm a thug. I'm <laughs> thug life for real. Um, all right. Before we do that, new series alert. <laughs> Shout out to Doughboy. I can't. Uh Last first one we did Wu Chow, mm-hmm. and I don't. There might be a Wu Chow in this one. I don't know. Y'all but, seem to like the Wu Chow, but uh, let's do what I want to call "gotta have it." Okay. All right. So, what's something that you gotta have on a regular basis, whether that's daily, weekly, monthly? What are the What are the recurring a recurring thing that you gotta have, and why? Okay, so there are two things that come to mind. Number one, I have in my hand right now, and that is my coffee, my kofifi. I cannot exist in life without it. It is a constant, almost 24 hours a day. It's late at night right now, and I just brewed myself another one. So shout out to Keurig, sponsor me. Um, and another thing that I need is my meditation time. I have found that after the kids go to school in the morning, 
a lot of times I tend to just sit in our front room and think and um, just I'm grateful for the life that I have and I want to put those positive vibes and that energy out into the atmosphere. So that's very important to me. That's something I have to have is my hmm. meditation time. Cool. Uh, what about you? So clearly you can't, you can't follow the rules. I said one, one thing. I said, t- so, listen, I said two things. So, They're both equally important. Right. So now I got to come up with two things. You don't me. have to come up I with mean, this. This is not a competition. It, everything is, this a competition. is not a competition. It's not a competition. Uh, kind of stole one of my, not necessarily meditation. I guess I, I haven't classified it in my mind as meditation, but I got to have a quiet space. I guess that's kind of meditation. Yeah, I just, like, I, the, the house is loud, and I just got to have space of silence, whether that's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a day. Oh, you take a day's nap? Yeah, be a day. Wait, you, you take a day's nap? A day a month of silence? I would sign up for that. Okay. I would sign up for that. But I will I, give you that. I got to have silence, and... I got to have content like I, I don't watch a lot of TV and I find myself listening to a lot of podcasts that, um, you know, about financial literacy, uh, entrepreneurship and like, I'm just overly fascinated. I've always been fascinated with it, with entrepreneurial entrepreneurism, right? Mm. Entre- with being Entre- being an entrepreneur. Is it, isn't the word? Entrepreneur? I don't know. Child, don't give me Look the, it up. Don't stop me the line. Yeah, if it's not in there, let's add it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start a poll for that. Mm-hmm. But being an entrepreneur uh, is, is always been a passion of mine. So I'm always interested in other people's stories, how they become successful. And that's my entertainment. I, I really, the only thing that I, I kind of watch consistently is football. But even then, by the second half, it's, it's muted and I'm, I'm looking at something else or listening to something else while it's on. So yeah, silence and um and meaningful educational content, or content okay. of interest. I gotta Some have self help stuff every day. Every it, all of it helps. Um, it feeds some part of, I guess, who I am at this point. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like I said, business or uh, anything in the entrepreneurial space, or just content creators, um, that's my creative outlet. Because everything else is like my job is kind of serious. So that's my got to have it. Okay, so let's get started in the conversation for today. Um, So not to get all preachy and everything, but I feel like the truth of the matter is marriages have been and are under attack, right? Yep. That's a fact. And it's not always outside forces that are doing the dirty work for us sometimes it's we ourselves who are sabotaging our own relationships and I feel like that's because we don't tend to be open and vulnerable and we definitely don't have some of those real hard conversations that we should yeah I mean so I guess I mean this conversation fits perfectly because we didn't really have a lot of conversation about expectations before we got married so Mm -hmm. I don't think we mentioned when we, when our courtship began. Ooh, so, courting. Like, come you know, on now, big word. You better come on with it. Classic, man. <laughs> um, But we, we met in high school. No, we, we did mention that. We met in high school. 
flirted. I mean, Keisha was on me a little bit in high school. I and she I had to okay. had to let her let her uh, maturity catch up. Yeah. But we got we got serious after she graduated. We were two years apart, so we were um, infatuated with the ideal of uh, of us being together forever. And I'm not saying that's why we why we ended up, right. but that that was kind of the the foundation because of where we were in life. We were just mm-hmm. young. We mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't know. We, we didn't wanted who we wanted and yeah. that was it. We didn't have a lot of life experience. And, um, so we, we had more of a fantasy foundation or ideal of what marriage would be. Mm-hmm. And we both came from, um, from households where we had a mother and father that were, that were married, living in the same house. So we, I think we had a, a similar basic expectation of what marriage and a family looks like, but we never really talked about, Hey, this is, this is where I come from. This is what I expect of you. This is what I expect of me. Mm-hmm. Agree, disagree. Are these non-starters? Right. Um, so I think, I think age had a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, if we were 10 years down the road, um, I think it, it would have been different, but, Thank you. Yeah, it makes sense. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So um, in researching this topic so that I can be all educated and whatnot. Keeps you being all professional. <laughs> you know, I do what I can. I came across a, a quote by a best-selling author who is also, y'all can't talk, a best-selling author and a behavioral scientist, um, Dr. Steve Mariboli. And he says that expectation feeds frustration. It is an unhealthy attachment to people things and outcomes we wish that we could control but don't hmm. how you feel about that that that's pretty spot on right it's pretty accurate pretty spot on <laughs> basically so um i feel like we should start with identifying like what makes us attach ourselves to our expectations like you have this this is something that you desire like you're grown, you, you grow up, right? And you have that idea of the perfect marriage and this is how you expect it. But the attachment to those expectations, excuse me, I'm losing my voice, um, is what can cause problems, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, I think you kind of answered it. I mean, it's, it's what you see <clears throat> growing up, what you, um, what's demonstrated uh, in front of you mm-hmm. and the association of that behavior with something successful or unsuccessful. Right. So if you see something continually and it appears to work like, like what you saw with your parents or what I saw with my parents, I saw their actions. I saw how they, um, related to one another and how they love one another. So those actions that I interpreted equal like a successful relationship. Right. So, um, I think for me, like I, it was more, mimicking what I saw in terms of like roles. Right. Like my dad did Gender certain roles. things. Yeah. My dad did certain right. things. My mom did certain things. And that was my expectation. Like my dad took care of the outside of the house. The both of them worked. Uh but my dad took care of the you know, the outside of the house, anything dealing with repairs, anything like that, making sure the yard was maintained. Um like the 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 manual the manually intensive labor. Mm. That's what my dad did. Um and that's what I expect to come into the marriage. You know, I, I make sure the grass stay cut, you know, and all of that. And then I had an expectation of like you managing the house. Right. And uh, like that wasn't necessarily how. Right. Listen, 
Let me tell y'all something. When me and Derek first got married, <clears throat> I'm sorry. When me and Derek first got married, um, I was active duty. So like we were both working and I grew up in a house where we all did things equally. Right. So we're in um, Derek's house. They had a traditional setup. Um, our traditional setup, because that's what I thought was normal, was everybody does everything like my dad would do my hair if my mom you know had to go to work early it was a it was just a different environment and so the difference in our upbringing affected the way that you know it's what we brought into our space instead of talking about how what was going to work for us we both brought our individual ness into our marriage and we didn't make a unified effort at anything we just you expected what you expected and I was used to what I was used to and we never discussed it right so that's another side side note that's another word we're going to add to see if that's what individual ness individual ness did you see how I emphasized the ness okay either or or point got across so I mean yeah that's that's the truth so in me doing the things that I thought were what a man would do or the husband would do in a relationship. Um, Keisha didn't necessarily, I feel like, I guess you didn't interpret it that way. Mm-hmm. So if I cut the grass, my expectation is that you wash the dishes. Right. You didn't see it that way. You saw it as there were dishes in the sink. The first person that sees them needs to do them. Right. <laughs> there were, it was some trying times y'all. And I think we both had our own level of petty. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, all right, well, he ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. We just going to be right. sitting here looking crazy. Right, don't don't uh, pull up no scabs. <laughs> I'm sorry. But then again, tone. babe, no, seriously. Then again, we were young. We were in our 20s. You know what I mean? Like, what did we know about anything? We didn't really know about anything. And that, I can say at that point, that was a not a personality flaw, but it was just a part of who I was. Like, okay, you want to act crazy? We all act crazy, you know? Not crazy act, you know what I no, mean. No, that's exactly what you mean. <laughs> that's exactly. We what all mean. gonna be sitting here look crazy. The laundry is piling up. The are you gonna wash clothes? I'm gonna wash clothes. And I feel like if we would have just sat and had an open conversation about that expectation, it would have saved us some heartache. But do you think it would have actually changed the roles? I don't know if it would have changed the roles, but I believe that it would have started us in figuring out what worked for us Mm. and not trying to force either side to be what it was. Like Mm. it was never going to be a situation where our house was going to be exactly like how you grew up or exactly how I grew up. We needed to figure out what was going to work for us. Yeah. So I guess, um, again, hindsight, and being transparent, uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of petty, and so like, I know I'm, I was. I'm I'm definitely a, uh, I was definitely keeping score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cut the grass and edged it and put the bags <laughs> out, <laughs> and you made the bed, so you owe like four more things because cutting the grass is like like a three to one. Oh my gosh. Kind of He's when really calculating out. right yeah, now. I mean, we talk about effort, <clears throat> yeah, the, the effort you got to exert. Right. And, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> but yeah. then I think that all the, I know everyone talks about love language and things like that, but I do believe that it, that your love language also attributed like yours is acts of service. So if I did something for you that showed that I loved you, 
Mm-hmm. And mine but, was not that. Yeah. And then I would like, I would also get frustrated when I had to do some things that I thought should have been I done already. Been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I, like, if I stay on cut, if I cut the grass and then came in, the dishes I'm going to wash the dishes and I'm going to be frustrated, but I wouldn't necessarily ask if, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't have to ask at that point. I felt like it should have been intuitive that this needed to be done. And Keisha is definitely uh, more of a I'll do it on my time. Yes. Kind of uh, beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all woman. in my spirit, y'all. I claim yeah. that it is who I am. Yeah. And me, I just, if I see something, walk past something more than two times, I'm annoyed and then I'll do it. But it doesn't solve anything by me doing it because now I just transferred to frustration. And then I still want to be frustrated. Right. Like, now I want you to now I want you to be uh, I want you to feel some kind of way because I actually did the thing that you were supposed to do in my mind. Right. That I didn't I was not aware that you were mm-hmm. angry at me for not doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I got you. OK. Um, you mentioned love language. So we get was that Gary Chapman. Something is like the that. uh mm-hmm. the, there's a book and I think there's a there's a like whole a bunch class of conferences and, and all yeah. kind of things. We did it. We took the test a few times. Did we take it when we went to marriage counseling? Um, I think he mentioned it and then we did it on our own, but I don't think we yeah. did it as a part of our marriage counseling. We did it at some point. Um, early it's early in our marriage now because I know it wasn't in the last seven or eight years. Mm-mm. So. Uh, as Keisha said, I'm definitely acts of service, mm-hmm. like do something. And I, that's probably, I guess that had something to do with my upbringing too. I knew my parents loved me. We didn't necessarily walk around saying, I love you 30 times a day. Um, my dad was, he, he had an expectation of like, you had responsibilities. This is your contribution. You do the things that you're supposed to do. And that's what I saw him do. So that was my, that's how I, um, that's how I evaluated. That's how I measured like showing love. Mm-hmm. But if that's not how somebody receives it. So the love language is all about, uh, it's a series of questions that help, help people understand how they prefer to have love shown to them. Right. That's the right way to say it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody's, uh, different. Mm-hmm. I think there are five. five. Yeah. yeah. They're five, and what were they? Um, there is acts of service, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation. Was that five? I want to make sure we're accurate. Okay, there accurate. Uh, you're right. Words of affirmation, mm-hmm. uh, gifts, mm-hmm. acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. Yeah. So physical touch is like holding hands, kissing. Sexual intercourse, <laughs> all the sex, things, doing sex, <laughs> being sexually active, and that's your second language, isn't it? I think that's your second. It's, it's a strong tie. It's a strong tie for first as well. I mean, we, I mean, it's kind of an act of service. Uh, <laughs> you're right. It's kind of, it's, okay, it's you, kind of an act of right. service. So. But I know I do have a definite tie. My first one definitely had the same two numbers. Do you know what, what my mine are? Uh, words of affirmation. And and uh quality time yes babe yeah those are mine so Mm -hmm. like he was saying growing up in his household he saw how his parents loved and we were the say i love you 
30 times a day and you walk in our house and it's hugs 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 so that's what I was used to and that's what I thought I was gonna get <laughs> but what were your do you know what your parents language language are? are I don't know I have to ask them because hmm. I feel like mom's is words of affirmation or quality time but hmm. sometimes she does like acts of service like hmm. nobody in my family is a gifts type of person like that we don't really care about receiving mm. gifts so but spending time and offering those special words of love are definitely important mm-hmm. yeah. we one another thing we didn't really <clears throat> talk about is uh like parent do you have anything else on well i guess these are all expectations so we're talking yeah. about um i guess the the roles uh as it related to maintaining the house or right. managing the family Mm-hmm. The, another related one is is parenting styles yeah so i think we had we definitely had different parenting styles demonstrated in our households and we didn't talk about that no we didn't or how we were gonna yeah, treat we just our kinda kids just had, had kids yeah and that was it. let's have some kids and see let's see how, how it plays <laughs> see out. how this pans out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's how that went what do you think was the biggest um i won't say disappointment Appointment. What do you think was the biggest struggling? Maybe I'm trying yeah. to keep it positive. It is positive. What was the most surprising thing about my parenting style that you didn't expect? Hmm. Let's see. I feel like Derek's parenting style style is a snap and a stern <laughs> voice. Like that is how you oh, discipline. No, you actually know, actually snapping my finger. No, yeah, an actual snap of the finger, and. I am more of a let's sit down and have this conversation type of and fuss and yell <laughs> kind of parent Yeah, when things go awry. But I also repeat myself 500 times before it gets to the point where I'm fussing. And I don't. Yeah. So that when you say a snap, I was like, well, you, you, you're more prone to snap. Um, no, I mean like a physical snap yeah. of fingers. I got that from my dad. <laughs> I realized that about 10 years ago. I become my father. Like my dad would, he, he would snap. Yeah. It, it, and it would it would correlate to an understanding that we had already, that he had already established mm-hmm. like i'm getting your attention you look at me and you should understand exactly right. what needs to happen mm-hmm. um yeah my mom was my mom really couldn't discipline us growing up cuz it like it takes so much i guess kind of like, it, like it, take, me, yeah. it would take so much for her to get to a point to to discipline us that it would be like my dad had to, like whoa like, hey <laughs> i got it mm-hmm. just hey chill out i got it um so it would she would be patient 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 and then back on up then a person that you don't that you didn't want to meet mm-hmm. uh and then my dad was he was gonna say it once and then the next time it was going to be accompanied by uh some kind of physical adjustment to mm-hmm. the situation um okay. so that's i mean that's that that was my reference yeah your parents uh they are my mother was a go get the belt yeah (laughs) we gonna tear off every hide in the house and my dad was a counselor type of disciplinarian Mm. like it took him a while to get to the go get a switch outside as well he was more of the like i felt more disappointed in myself when my father had to sit down and talk to me than mm-hmm. when mom took the belt out and spanked me. Like I felt that hurt me to the pink meat when my dad needed to sit down to talk to me. 
you know. I wonder how true that that's just consistent with um, fathers and daughters in general. Maybe it's a relationship because my dad, my dad would look at my sister and she would like Break that down. was that was discipline enough for her. Yeah, that yeah. was enough for me to fly right. Yeah. Shake it up, shake it up. My sister claims that she got whippings growing up. She did. <laughs> yeah. I remember one that she got, and then I ended up getting a whipping because I laughed. <laughs> so that sounds about right. Yeah, Aww. that didn't work out. Sure, that's funny. Uh, that's funny. So. What other? I guess would it ask you the most? Um, oh, what surprising thing about parenting style? Yeah, I think the most surprising thing to me was like that as tolerant as you are Mm -hmm. like you keep saying things Mm -hmm. you keep saying things keep saying things keep saying things and then it's like it had to get escalated to me for any kind of action Mm -hmm. which i don't know i just i feel like that wasn't an option no i think that it's because like i said my mom was a grab the belt type of person and i don't I can't say that it did not help me, but I can't say that it helped me either. And I did not want the kids' fear of me spanking them to be what kept them in line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know that's just the different. It might be. You wanted them to be adults. I wanted them. Right. Mm-hmm. Haven't I done that with them? Like, even as little babies, like, I would never talk to them like little babies. Like, all right. It was never like baby talk. Oh, come here, baby. Like, I would talk to them like little people. Yes, you did. I don't know. The first, the first few you did. By the time the last three, the last two came along, I talked to them like little adults. I, yeah, <laughs> I just, I never, I never did the baby talk. Right, and that's I, that's why I don't really, I don't deal with other people's infants too much. because oh. I, you know, you barely dealt with our little yeah, infants I, too. What do you mean? Don't say that. <laughs> no, I, I, my favorite stage of kids is when we can, when there's a comprehension. Mm-hmm. Right, so two, three. But as an expectation, when I say something, you can actually understand it and you can mm-hmm. communicate. That's when we cool. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want your. Uh, I don't want diaper stage. Oh, I don't want that at I, all. I remember that. I don't think anybody wants diaper stage. But, but that's another one. surprising thing. Like, can we talk a little bit about after having the kids, like the whole newborn stage? How that my oh, yeah, expectation was, was way different yeah. than the reality was. No, I that. was legitimately terrified to actually. That they were too fragile. I felt they were too fragile. Yeah. And Keisha was like, here. Right. And then that ma- that annoyed me. I'm like, dude, let me it's ease into it. your child. Let me ease into it. It's been growing inside you for 40 weeks. But hold on. We ain't got to know each other yet. I know. And in my mind, I was like, how much easing do you need? Give me 40 weeks. I can't. <laughs> I can't. You're saying 40 weeks. It was a um, like after having to go back to work and having newborns was hard for me because Derek's whole thing was, well, one of us, both of us can't be tired. <laughs> making that face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I may have said that a time of three. Oh, uh, a whole bunch of times. Both of yeah. us can't be tired. So that well, I mean, was... that, but that's true though. I mean, what what what, what we doing? Both I mean <laughs> <laughs> That was frustrating to me having yeah. to do the overnights and get up and go to work in the morning. But I mean, you do what you gotta do. The right? baby wanted you. The baby didn't I mean they didn't want me. Sir, ain't nobody listening to any of what you try to say right now. Both, both of us gonna be tired. Yes, both of us are gonna be tired. Both of us made Ugh. this baby. Both of us finna be tired. <laughs> this doesn't make still don't make sense. Luckily, we don't have to go through that again. No, ever again in life. Hashtag snip. Hashtag, Hashtag can't happen. Hashtag we ain't no more kids. Gonna be a real different conversation if that happens. <laughs> um, 
So do you feel like in the dating stage, were you honest about who you felt like you were going to be as um, a spouse? Like, I feel like sometimes it was, it was, we, I mean, we dated in the teens. Right. So I, it was as honest as I was mature at that point. Right. I agree. So, um, no, I knew, I knew I wanted to be married and have a family. Mm-hmm. Can't be running the streets all your life. Um, so that was never, that was in the design for me. Was it going to happen quickly? Did I feel like I needed to be pressured for it to happen quickly? No. Mm-hmm. And we got buried at what, 20? I was 24. No, you weren't. 23. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was 24. I turned 25 that year. We were really no, young. I was 25, turned 26. We got buried I at was 25. Yeah, you were 24. That's what I said. <clears throat> That's what I said. That's what I said. Y'all hear this. Yeah, but I mean, it was, for as like I said, as mature, it was, it was honest to the life experience I had had at that point. Yeah. But we hadn't really experienced Right. Life. Right. So, um, like, yeah, that's what I said. If we, if it was 10 years later, it would have been a very different approach. We probably would have had very different conversations. But, right. Um, so do you feel like those early years, because we had not had those conversations, um, what type of tension do you feel like that caused in our relationship uh, of our expectations not being met? Because lot. we may have not even been aware. Of a lot. And then plus it wasn't a lot of conversations, like real conversations, um, the tough conversations that we're talking about. Right. It was just a lot of unspoken, a lot of body language. Yeah. A lot of miscommunication, absent, absence of communication mm-hmm. and resentment because of that. So. Right. No, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't ideal um, by any stretch. And then I think. I know I wanted to protect the ideal of uh, what other people thought of us, like mm. what my parents thought or what your parents thought and what they expected. Um, I mean, but you realize later on, every your parents had issues too that they had to work through and they probably could have right. given some advice. Right. Um, I think that's another, mark that as another uh, discussion. Okay. Who do you let into your marriage and when? Oh, like in terms of all seeking advice and disclosing um like what's really going on in your in your house. Right. Got a couple of different schools of thoughts on that. Schools you of sure thought do. on that. But yeah, I mean it was it was way tougher than it I don't know if I had I I don't know what the right thing to say is if it's tougher than it had to be. Because if it wasn't as tough, maybe we wouldn't have matured to where we are now. Right. I don't know. But it it definitely caused problems. Right. I agree. I agree. And I would, I definitely held grudges. Mm. Yeah. I can, I can, yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little mm. bit? No, you don't want to talk about it? I'm just it. saying I had the capacity. <laughs> I could, I could, we could, we could go about 10 years. Mm-hmm. We could go about 10 years before I let something go. Facts. We can go about 10 years. And then, not that like I I can recall some grudges that were being held that I had no no idea that these grudges were there until yeah, those grudges many years later, and it's like, bruh, you goes, are punishing me for something I didn't even know. Who goes around disclosing grudges? I would. No, we but I would. We don't, we don't disclose grudges. We just we just hold them. <laughs> we just hold grudges. Yeah. We just hold grudges <laughs> of confidence. You don't don't go around publicizing. Hey, I have a grudge against you. 
But you should. Because that opens up the opportunity to work through it. Yes, right. I don't want to work through it. I want to have a grudge. You just want to be mad. That's the point. Um, That's the point. I if see. it's a grudge, a grudge is a commitment. A grudge is a commitment. So you were to committed not, to the grudge. A grudge is a commitment to not working it out. <laughs> oh if you say God. I had an issue, right. that's an opportunity to work something out. Yeah? Yeah. But you wanted that. You needed that grudge. <sighs> it was nah, feeding. I mean, that's what I was in life. Yeah. Hey, I was the youngest. Hey. I was two. the youngest of two. <laughs> I can't. Thank God for Jesus. Cause. Yeah. I needed things to go a certain way. Oh. Okay. Y'all hear that? He said it here first. I can recall... Um, at points during our marriage because of my own expectations, which I did not think that I had, but apparently I did have, like it would cause me like stress and I felt depressed and I feel like it expressed itself in our space. So I know that there were times where you were like, I wish you would just fill in the blank here. And for me, I like it, I just it wasn't in me to want to even do it because I felt like what is the point you know what I mean hmm. you get what I'm saying Does that make I kind of do but um, I Not guess so the lack of communication again I didn't right. understand where you were and you were I guess in your mind your actions or your demeanor was communicating that that was an issue right and I would I would ignore it now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I would ignore it, but like I, I, I ain't want to have a tough conversation because right. if I asked you what What's was wrong? wrong with you, that would open up an opportunity for something that I was lacking in to be addressed. Mm. So if I didn't want to deal with me, I wouldn't necessarily ask about what's going on with you. If wow. that makes sense. That does make sense. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a word, husband. I don't know. I don't know how true it is for other people, but yeah, I mean, it, those conversations become a a mirror of things that you need to address mm. internally. Yeah. So, hmm. I, 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 you, you, yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love these conversations. Guys, can you let us know, like leave a review or a comment on some of our socials if these are the type of conversations that you have had with your significant others or are willing to have with your significant others or were you like us in our early years and just did not even want to open Pandora's box at all Yeah. to get to the bottom of it. I wonder how much of that has to do with um, upbringing too. Cause I never really like, I never saw my, pro- my parents having problems mm-hmm. and that's probably why I had a perception that I couldn't have go to them with problems. <laughs> yeah. Right. If I, if I had a problem, like it felt like it was a like a weakness, mm-hmm. and that may be something with men in general. And I'm not speaking for all men, but you know, I've had conversations with with uh, you know folks that I know, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a tendency to to not address a hurt or a need because it's a it it can be perceived as a sign of weakness. Hmm. And um, I mean, at this stage of my life, I don't you know that's not that's not what it is, right? But I think that's just the uh, a, pers- a perception or a stereotype that's um, that's promoted in our uh, community. Men. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it could be community, it could be a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but it uh, it's weird because I like I I find myself trying to 
like be intentional about how I communicate with with our sons, my mm-hmm. sons, mm-hmm. our sons. I'm saying my sons, right? Because I don't want, I don't want to perpetuate that for another generation. Mm-hmm. And like me, me and my dad have a, a great relationship now, but now, right? We didn't. Right. Like I think his he can't his father was from the school of be a child, stay in a child's place, right. speak when spoken to, if you're allowed to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the provision was the, the the language, right? Being a provider was language. Right. And then his father died when he was He was a teenager, 20. right? No, he was he was in the military. Okay. Like between nineteen and twenty one. So he never had a father as a husband. Or as a father himself. That's a word. So and he didn't, didn't have that example. Right. So it was. Okay. He was navigating that space as I'm navigating how to be a man. And we didn't necessarily have great conversations yeah. or open conversations mm-hmm. as I was growing up. Yeah. So it was like. It was kind of like implied, you know, figure it out. And it isn't. this is not to be construed that my dad wasn't there. My dad was. Very present. Yeah. Very yeah. present. Hero in my life. All of that. It's mm-hmm. just. That's what he knew. He did what he could to break right. or change the uh, the cycle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have to do the same. So, but I think, I guess the, w- why I went off on that tangent is like that kind of shaped my communication style, period. So okay. whether it's man talking to a man, man talking to a son, father, you know, son talking to his father, mm-hmm. it, it bleeds into how I talk to you, you know, how I talk to my daughters and all of that. So like there are times where I'm seriously, like, I'm like, man, I'm not. Like I'm, I'm not killing it. <laughs> like, You're I'm, not killing like, yo, I'm, I'm, it. Today I sucked as a parent. I had those days oh, where it's okay. like, I don't know. It's like I feel like I missed opportunities, and um, I don't know. I think that's another conversation too. Is yeah, like what, what is success? What is success, and what is it worth sacrificing? Okay. Because I, I struggle with that. But today, here's the thing: you may be struggling with it, but you're also open to acknowledge now right the yeah. areas and where you are lacking which yeah, is now progress mm-hmm. i'll take that progress yeah, this regardless is my, of where it is this is my therapy this is your therapy well amen mm-hmm. speaking of that therapy <laughs> that turned a corner for us because that was a part of our expectation versus reality early on we had to go through therapy to get some issues oh, yeah. out. and then that's another thing like that might be Again, I don't want to keep it's saying taboo. cultural. When I say culture, I know my culture. Like, I know mm-hmm. how I grew up. I know what I grew up around. So, that's my reference. So, don't take it as me being divisive by any right. stretch. But, like, therapy suggested that something was wrong. Something being wrong suggested that it was a negative thing, that you weren't successful at whatever you're doing. Right. But another perspective on it that I forgot who, I don't know who gave it to us or where I got it from, but. It's kind of like maintenance. Yeah. Like why why go? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you don't wait. Some people do, but the intent of preventative maintenance is to avoid a big problem. Right. Most people resort to counseling or marriage advice or whatever other um, ways is termed or described when they have a big problem. Right. As a last resort. Yeah. So. Excuse me. It's I guess it's better to have coaching. And be prepared for situations before you need it than having to, you know, surgery, right? Right. Exercise versus surgery. Exercise versus prescriptions. I'm here for that. Mm -hmm. Here for it. So, 
before. I wonder what folks think about that. Do you, what are, what are your thoughts on marriage counseling? Is it positive, negative? Do, are you open to it? Or not even just marriage counseling, couples counseling, right. counseling individual period, counseling, yeah, yeah. Whatever kind of counseling for, for development or, or challenges you're having. Mm-hmm. Are you open to it um, before there's an issue? Or is it only a last resort? Or is it even an option? Yeah. I'd be interested in um Me too. I'd love feedback. to know that because I'm always down for a good yeah. let it all out kind of thing. If you listen to this on Anchor, uh, you can actually leave us a voicemail. There's oh, that's a way cool. yeah, if you're doing it, if you listen to it to the uh the Anchor app or if you listen it to it uh, you know, on your computer through Anchor, you can actually leave a, a voicemail. I think it might be specific to the episode or either on our um our profile page or something like it, but you can leave a voice note. So it'd be cool. It'd be cool to hear from a couple of you, uh, you know, feedback on anything, answering questions in any of the uh, podcasts or just saying, Hey, you know, thanks. Thanks. Or you guys suck or fix right, this. Do this better. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take all that. Let us know. We shall take all of that. So coming to an end of this topic, what do you yeah. think? I think that was, uh, think that was enough to to spark a conversation yeah uh definitely i feel like these are the type of things that um happens on a global scale but nobody really wants to talk about what is wrong with them like everybody wants to everything is perfect everything is on instagram that perfect picture you know everything looks nice but there are serious issues like not having your expectations met that people um, don't necessarily want to talk about or have someone to talk about those things with. There's vulnerability. Yeah. Like nobody wants to be seen as weak. Yeah. As a failure right. in social media. Like I'm so glad I didn't grow up in the social media area. Right. I try to tell my kids like you, y'all got it the worst, man. Yeah, they do. Everything is real time telling. The moment something happens is it's, it's exposed to the world. You can't be. You can't be somewhere other than where you, you know, I, I can find you. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation I have. I was like, Ana, you, like, you can't <laughs> actually sneak. You can't do it. Like that ended in my generation. Right. Where are you going to go without your phone? Your GPS. That tells you. me exactly where you are. Because <laughs> I'm coming with your phone is if, if you're not there, then that was the last time you do it. Right. Anything. Mm-hmm. So it better be worth it. If yeah. You're going to give up the rest of your life for this one time of trying to trying to get over live your life but yeah it's mm-hmm. uh i feel for him yeah i love it though because it's you know makes parenting it that's weird because it, it, it makes it harder it makes it a challenge mm-hmm. but you know you can find your kids right you can find your kids should be able to find your kids you should be able to find yeah. your kids all the five of your kids Keisha got five kids. I'm going to remind y'all. Stop it. Why do we have Hashtag to do Keisha got five Hashtag kids. Let's start it. Derek and them soldiers. If you listen, if you listen to this, yeah, I'll be shooting. <laughs> boy, I'll be shooting. Uh, Wilding out. I can't. The boy, be shooting. Marksman. I cannot. Mm-hmm. Shooting blanks now, though. For the Lord. For the Lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Guys, I think that's it. We're, I mean. Yeah, so what are we saying of all of this? What is the what are the takeaways? Um I mean, we gotta I guess is to be honest. If yeah. you haven't had the conversation, start the conversation. Right. First one might be tough. Mm-hmm. Um the next one might be tougher, but at some point, uh they they become more manageable and 
easier. Yeah. And if they're not getting easier, um, yeah, you probably need to reevaluate. Yeah. So that's so, yeah. definitely very important. I, I think you have to evaluate and reevaluate constantly your, um, like where you're headed as a couple, like what are your goals? What are your goals as a couple? What are your goals as an individual? How is that going to affect your relationship moving forward? Like it's because personal development is consistent and every day, like you have to check in with your partner constantly as well so that it makes your life together easier. That's the whole point is to enjoy your life. I wonder do people even have goals when they go into a marriage? I know we didn't. No, um, I think we, I definitely had individual yeah. desires and goals, what I thought, but I didn't think of like a marriage plan. Right. Is that appropriate or does that make it more of a, does it make it more trans, not transactional, but does it make it less, um, authentic, genuine, genuine. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you're, if you go into marriage with the, like a prescribed plan, I don't know. I think it would be helpful at least to have like an outline. Okay. This is where I want to be in five years or whatever. Like even just those type of conversations. I don't know if um, we've had those kind of conversations before getting married. We definitely had those after. Yeah. But I guess, I guess the, I guess the point is come in, you know, have a plan and then be open to, to adjust the plan as necessary. So looking Mm -hmm. at it, looking at it often. Yeah, good stuff here. Good stuff here. What uh, accent was that? Can you share share with us? What? Where was that from? Good stuff here. What? <laughs> that accent you just did. Gosh, this is why. <laughs> this, this is why one. you love me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sad you're going away this weekend. Oh, that was slightly shots fired. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Duck. I felt the shots. Duck. That's fine. No shots fired, but duck. Now we're gonna move into our. Woo segment. Okay, so we have our preteen son, 12 years old, and everybody has all the things these days. Everybody has iPods, everybody has elect- electronics, all these kind of things. So Honor got, uh, are they called AirPods? What are they? AirPods for? Yeah, for Apple, so he keeps it. Because uh, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, kind of baseline this one. Just uh, don't care. Keisha is a, what do they call it, Andros? Android, Android phone. cut it yeah, out. Keisha's an Andros phone user. So. I can't, and like Luther Vandross or Andros? She's not as familiar, but go ahead. Okay, so, anywho, he's been coveting these AirPods. He does have an iPod, which came with regular earbuds. So, I'm cleaning up upstairs, and I find this random AirPod on the ground. So, I put it in Honor's room, because she's the only one, other than Derek, that has them in the house. So the next day she goes, mom, that's not mine. That's Donovan's. And I was like, but wait, he doesn't have <laughs> AirPods. Let me tell you how this little dude took his little earbuds, cut the wire off and was walking around with <laughs> the ear part like they were AirPods. Right. Just so he like he had AirPods. Full time front on the bus with a mom. With no sound. <laughs> they and probably actually didn't even have an iPod because he don't get to take that all the time. He stay on the I just wanted to throw the whole child away. Look, your son walking around with uh, wireless wired headphones. I can't. Like, who? Why did he think that was okay? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, that's my woo child. Let's start talking about my son. <laughs> your favorite son? 
No, it's not my firstborn. Oh, your firstborn. Yes, you right. Mm. You right. Favorite children. That's another topic. Mm. I don't have a favorite child. I have a child that is not for now. Right. I have a child that is doing the least. Topic for now. Oh. Yes, mom. Just kidding. All right, so we uh, like to end our podcast. That's funny saying that because it's only the second podcast. But we still like to we do always, it, though. We always end our podcast. All the time, all two times. Quote. And um, Keisha got a quote today. Uh, so Keisha's gonna, Keisha has the quote of the day. What's, what are we talking What's the uh, quote for this, for this uh, episode? Okay, I had a tough time with this quote because there are so many amazing ones that related to what we were talking today. But I think I'm going to go with... We cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. And that's by Max Dupree. Mm. You like that? It's kind of obvious, but it's kind of not so obvious. Right. Want change without changing. Right. Mm. Exactly. That's pretty good. Hey, thanks. Sounds like something I would pick. Hey, sir. Must be uh, rubbing off on you. Yes. Come on, rub off now. Oh, Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's that time or is it that time? (laughs) It it is that time. Ah. Uh, anyway guys please feel a, free to subscribe topic. that's another topic <laughs> leave a comment Sex share marriage. I can't. is there <laughs> there is pause for the cause sir I was being, that was my dramatic title <laughs> sex after marriage is there uh, no i'm doing it myself oh i'm sorry my bad sex after marriage <laughs> is there <laughs> tune in to the next episode uh, no, it might not be the next episode it might not be uh, been a good conversation, Keisha. Uh, all this one is credited to Keisha. Keisha's the showrunner now, and okay. uh, scripting and everything, it. and making sure we stay on point. So I can just come in, do my job, and go. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. Nah, man. Can I be your help me or what? Uh, your help to me. Okay. My mom probably ain't listening. Yeah, to this. It probably went over her head anyway. Stop it. Anyhow, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, gonna do it. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, please subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, that means we're a few episodes in because they don't, I don't think Apple Podcasts po- post it immediately. I think you have to have a few episodes before it'll recognize it or something. But right now we're on Anchor and Spotify. And uh, of course, if you're listening, you already know where to find us. But um, we appreciate you guys. If you could tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, let us know uh, what you think on social media at table for seven tbl the number four s-e-v-e-n it is the same on facebook um the whole thing facebook no you can find us at table for seven i think our page is actually tbl four seven facebook slash but yeah you can find us table the number four seven um on the social on the on the social medias Mm -hmm. not on twitter i don't i never tweeted in my life Mm -mm. um you may have an account but i don't think I, I, i don't know I think I set one up a decade and a half ago. That's because you vote. I I don't know. I don't don't care enough about it. So, but thank you for listening. Episode two is in the books. Um, Let's keep the conversation going. Be blessed, fam. Be best. Be best. And and be the best. Be the be the best. (laughs) Be blessed, fam. We out.